From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. Uh, I think there was a definitive need for folks that can come out and speak in an agnostic fashion. Myself, I've kept layered manufacturing very separate uh, from equipment manufacturers or process allegiances or material manufacturers so that really my um, information and or direction to customer base is driven solely by customer. What is their end application? What are the rigors that we're facing? What are the challenges that we're facing facing and appropriately match those to the technology that best suits the outcome? That was Shannon Van Deren. Shannon is the owner and president of Layered Manufacturing and Consulting, a company she founded to serve as a technology and material agnostic voice in the 3D printing industry. She joins the show today to discuss her entrepreneurial journey and the importance of listening to customers in the additive manufacturing industry. For the past several years, Shannon has also run the medical track for the Additive Manufacturing Users Group Conference, and she shares her thoughts on the influence of the technology in the medical space. Well, Shannon, thanks for the for coming on the show today. Um, why don't we can get started for the audience, and um, sure, it'd be great if you could share a little bit about your background in, in the additive manufacturing space. Sure. So my background as it relates to additive was kind of a wonderful accidental landing into it. It wasn't uh, something I was entirely familiar with uh, when I first ventured in. So I started an additive at Materialize, which is a very commonly known company. Uh, they've, they're well infiltrated into uh, the additive space and justifiably so. Uh, they have a great number of years. I think it's, I think it's 30 plus now. Uh, that Materialize has been a company, and that was really a great landing spot for learning, actively learning, uh, as opposed to just kind of reading articles online. They're so vested in many different things. So I started working with them um, in different capacities during my tenure with Materialize, uh, working with the marketing team, and then moving into their patient-specific division uh, at that time called Surgicase. Uh, where we were using additive manufacturing for patient-specific guides on upper extremities, whether it was congenital malunions or deformations. Uh, and that really allowed me to have some firsthand insight. So a lot of times we're looking at just parts and we never really know what the parts are going to do, or you can kind of imagine what the parts are going to do. And patient-specific, at least in that role, uh, it allowed me to not only work with the surgeons to identify the appropriate patients to take advantage of such technology, uh, but also work alongside the engineers as they designed uh, guides or, for more common terms, jigs and fixtures for the bones, uh, if you will, patient-specific instrumentation, and then accompanying those guides in the operating room with the surgeon. So I really got to follow the life um, of a development of CAD right to the execution of it. And I think that was an extraordinary opportunity. I don't think I know that. Uh, it was extraordinary uh, for me. One, I love medicine. Two, I love orthopedics. And three, I got to see the additive impact for the end user and end recipient, ultimately that of uh, increasing patient care. Uh, so Materialize really gave me a lot of opportunities. Machines were on site. Uh, so I had exposure right there to the machines while they were building, to the engineers, and then, as I said, again, to the surgeons, which is the end user. Uh, so that was really a great way to whet my appetite into the uh, evolution of medicine or uh, 
the revolution of new medicine, I suppose, uh, really being involved in that created a lot of excitement for me and an eagerness to learn more, understand where it can be used even beyond what my responsibility was there with those upper extremity guides. I really kept my head into uh, what was happening in other vertical markets as well. I lived in Detroit at that time and was well vested in the automotive community as well, just by family and friends. Uh, so had the opportunity to learn a lot in the automotive space as well. So that was kind of my dive in of additive. Uh, and after a few years there, I had a hunger to earn, learn more about technologies not currently being utilized within the walls of Materialize in Michigan. Uh, so I moved on to 3D systems and later linear mold, uh, which would give me some great access to some extraordinarily smart and capable people uh, and equipment in-house at both of those uh, institutions where I could learn a lot about polymers. And then, of course, at Linear, they were heavily focused on metals. Uh, so my desire while I was outwardly in business development was to have a great understanding of what it was I was talking about. And both of those places gave me the opportunity to do that because I could spend time in the shop. I could spend time with the development engineers. Uh, I never kind of boxed myself into one role because there's great value in understanding. I always say the salespeople are really the paint on the car, but it's the folks that are coming in and doing the designing and the actual building itself that are the motor that makes that car go. And without them, I didn't really have much of anything to do. Uh, so I made it a, a definite focus for me to understand what they were doing. While they were certainly more capable uh, than I could ever have dreamt of being, it was important to me to know what they were doing. Uh, and that would continue to just facilitate my learning and capabilities to speak to it uh, with some degree of authority or experience or relevance and honesty uh, when talking to customers out in the field in varying markets, really. Excellent. And for the last few years, you ventured off and you're, you started your own company called Layered Manufacturing Consulting. Um, mm -hmm. How has that been? Uh, that has been exciting. And that was, again, another sort of unanticipated and unplanned venture uh, that yielded some greatness. Uh, so for someone like me, I'm a planner. Uh, and I like to kind of know what's going on five to 10 steps ahead of me. And, and the birth of layered manufacturing was, was not in my <laughs> sight uh, originally, but what a blessing it has been. Uh, so one thing I discovered there seemed to be a bit of a hole in is somebody who was speaking to customers who were really looking to gain more breadth of knowledge, more applications, identifying how additive works but from a rather technology agnostic approach uh, as opposed to if you're working for one of the OEMs, chances are you're trying to solve every problem that comes to your feet with one of those machines uh, that are part of the quote unquote mothership that you work for, like bringing one crayon to school and every picture you color is going to be in that red crayon that you brought. Uh, I think there was a definitive need for folks that can come out and speak in an agnostic fashion. Myself, I've kept layered manufacturing very separate uh, from equipment manufacturers or process allegiances or material manufacturers so that really my um, information and or direction to customer base is driven solely by customer. 
what is their end application, what are the rigors that we're facing, what are the challenges that we're facing, facing and appropriately match those to the technology that best suits the outcome, uh, as opposed to taking my best shot at using that red crayon to be the solution uh, to whatever the current uh, need or outcry was from that customer. Uh, and that has proven to be uh, a really good direction for layered manufacturing. Uh, I take great care in ensuring my relationships are solid and my knowledge is up to speed with all of the technologies and the manufacturers have been very gracious in their time and willingness to share their information with me, uh, knowing that it's quite possible that that ends up being the one that uh, is spoken of uh, at any customer meeting. Again, every additive process, there's a space for it. And that's the exciting thing. Additive is really making such a uh, headway into the needs and the transitioning of product design uh, beyond medical, of course, uh, and finding all of these different processes in companies that are appealing to varying specifics uh, to tend to those desires within the market. Uh, so layered manufacturing has enjoyed being a bit solo uh, and non-allegiant to one uh, that has allowed me some great opportunities for consulting uh, in that the customers are aware that I'm not coming in with an agenda other than to create education and inevitably they give me an extraordinary education. So that's another thankful surprise. Um, but the consulting end has been really warmly accepted uh, and a great deal of joy and learning for me as well as we're talking through uh, what the needs are, it, are they looking for in-house manufacturing, are they looking to qualify outside manufacturing, is it a hospital that's looking to explore additive uh, within their own walls. There have been all kinds of different opportunities in the consulting space, uh, none like the other, and which is very representative of additive, right? Not everything is like the other, just uh, when you think you're finally catching up, you realize you're not at all caught up because <laughs> everything is everything is dynamic in this space, which uh, is good when you like a certain level of excitement, um, as I do. There's there's always something more that's happening or something more that's being chased. And thank God you we have, have such extraordinary have, minds. Did you have that sense that it was going to be kind of questions from? a lot of different areas when you first started or would you were you pretty confident that hey i, I think i got know a niche that is we're going to fill really well what was like, that's always um, been been my challenge is figuring out okay what what is it that uh we want to talk to people about or or was yeah. it mostly customer driven yeah i um don't really ever go in saying what do i want to talk about um, i much prefer a listening tour uh, and letting them kind of drive what we talk about and my responsibility in that is to make sure that i have a decent library of information and or resources uh, that can tend to those answers i like to answer with evidence uh, certainly not with my opinion because those matter little uh, I knew there was a niche for it, having worked for 3D Systems, which at that time was even prior to Phoenix, uh, so they weren't yet offering metals, uh, and when I was out selling plastic or polymer technology and customers would need metal, I realized there was a void there, uh, and then when I went to work for Linear, who at that time, again, things have all changed now, 
at that time were only metals and talking to folks who needed yet plastics um, and not really having directive to sway anybody in one direction or another. Uh, I don't care to be swayed by um, anyone beyond the customer who is really seeking help for good reason. Uh, they aren't looking for my agenda. They're looking to solve their needs or their own agenda. And there's great satisfaction for me in that. I would much prefer to be the responder and knowing what, you know, know your audience on a sale, knowing what the audience really needs, audience being the customer. So I really kind of let them drive uh, and I do my backup homework so that I'm ready for them. Uh, and that said, not to say I know everything because that would be far-fetched. I'm quite comfortable with the answer, I don't know, but my promise beyond I don't know is that I will have an answer to you in whatever amount of time, whether that's 24 hours or 48 hours, I kind of have to gauge how long it's going to take for me to figure out what that answer is. Uh, and sometimes it might take me a day or two, but I'm perfectly okay with I don't know. And, and I live by that. I don't, I don't like to pedal my bike backwards. Uh, so I make sure that when I speak, I speak on evidence-based when they're looking for me to be helpful to them. Right. And when you start conversations with organizations, companies, hospitals, how do those typically evolve? Is it with um, kind of company leadership that are looking to start a 3D printing initiative, engineers that are looking to kind of take things to the next level? Where, where do you typically see the, the mm -hmm. starting points of, of your conversations? Um, yes, it can start with all of those things. Um, sometimes it is, you know, I, I think our reputation precedes us and um, I, I like to hope that my reputation is tidy uh, and when my name travels, that it travels uh, with sincerity and genuineness. Uh, so sometimes it's folks that just say, I, I need to understand more and maybe they're not even doing it from a purchasing perspective. They're just looking to learn. Um, maybe they're trying to offer a new product in a specific area uh, and they want some coaching on that, like a gap analysis or a directive, how best to appeal in that area. Uh, maybe it's a conventional manufacturer that is exploring bringing in complementary additive manufacturing to further supplement what they're doing in a conventional means. Uh, so it can look really quite different. Uh, sometimes it can be me seeking them. If I see repeated um, publications from a particular source that looks like they are starting to have some legitimate inquiries, uh, maybe that I reach out to them, or it could be that they find me at an industry show, whether I'm working it or speaking at it or simply an attendee. Um, I certainly don't shy away from conversations uh, because I'm pretty sure there's some nuggets of information to me to learn from or for me to learn from uh, in those. So I think it is just a matter of being conversational, open, wise, and humble. <laughs> so what was the, were there any differences from kind of starting off your additive career in kind of materialize and, and other kind of equipment manufacturers and then starting your your own company do you find the the sales conversations any different than than you had before mm, good question 
Yes, it's it's different on a on a lot of veins. One when you're kind of under the umbrella of a an existing large organization, uh, there can be some creature comforts in that, right? They're already carrying a name for themselves. Hopefully, a good reputation precedes them as well. Um, whereas going in on your own, especially at the beginning, back in 2015 when I started layered manufacturing. I, it really what I, I didn't have the uh, marquee of a known name, if you will, uh, or a badge of a known large company name. But what I had was the badge of my own name, uh, which had already been exposed in the marketplace. Uh, and that really kind of carried me. And I had a lot of customers that followed uh, when I parted company and went on my own. So customers that had been working with me, uh, whether they had followed me from one, two, or three companies, uh, had joined with me as well. So, yeah, there's definitely a different feeling. And is the conversation different between selling from a multi-million dollar corporation versus selling from a startup? Certainly so. Uh, one from, again, just the safety net. Uh, but two, it's the it's the face of the sale, and people buy from people they like, know, and trust. Uh, and whether I was working under the umbrella of a large corporation or working under the umbrella of the newly formed Layered Manufacturing, Shannon Van Deren was still very much at the core, the same person uh, that went out in the field, no matter who the employer name was on my business card. Right, right. And over the last, I mean, uh, probably since the time you've been in additive, you've been heavily involved in the additive manufacturing user group. You're a mm -hmm. distinguished innovator award. So do you want to talk about kind of your involvement there and, and how yeah. that's played a role in both your, your business before uh, your consulting company and, and now? Yeah, sure. Additive manufacturing users group are more swiftly called AMUG. <laughs> we like acronyms. Um, AMUG has been a great springboard for so many wonderful things. One, just networking. I have I, I, AMUG, the week of AMUG is my absolute favorite week of the year. Certainly my favorite work week of the year, but even that of rivaling even some vacations, it's a family reunion. You know, it pulls a lot of us together, uh, you included, Mike, that I just don't really see throughout the year. And then we get to come together for this week of like-minded people sharing a lot of the same interests. Some of us are competitors, some of us are customers one to the other or suppliers one to the other or educators. Um, but we all come in there really with an eagerness to learn, to share, to network. There's not as much of that close to the vest. I'm not going to tell you this. It is a, uh, it's a stage for learning, learning about the people within our business sector, learning about different processes, tips and tricks. Some of my favorite talks at AMUG are those when they come up and say everything that's gone wrong. Because in additive, parts don't come out shiny and fantastic every time. Uh, and there's no, there's no complication which with talking about the tribulations or the stumbles in additive. Uh, Nobody is there to, I shouldn't say nobody, but it isn't the point to 
show your shiniest goods and your greatest achievements. It's a time to be real with one another. And it's not a shopping show. Commercialism is not our game. Now, do we have a few hours of booth time or exhibit time? We sure do. And that's a great opportunity to learn. I myself am a tactile learner. If you're going to teach me, it helps me if I can touch what you're showing me or I can lay my eyes on the machine. Reading it in print is rarely adequate for a learner like myself. Uh, and I imagine I'm not alone in that. Uh, but that time is great. It's also a great time for customers to meet their contract manufacturers or their equipment uh, the equipment manufacturers, engineers, or sales teams. Uh, so we have that very much for a reason. So AMUG has been a great platform, one of learning, uh, two of creating relationships, and relationships are critical in this space. You know, people come and go from different companies. People are starting new processes within one company, and having those relationships is an accelerant to your own success, no matter your role in this space. Now, I started there going to AMUG, I don't even know how many years ago now, but I think I've been doing the medical track now for seven years, leading the medical track. So we have multiple tracks within AMUG. I lead the medical one, uh, which is inclusive of dental, medical, and now bioprinting as additive manufacturing has, been in, has evolved. Uh, we have a little bit more interest uh, in that community for bioprinting as well. Uh, and leading the additive, uh, leading the medical track has been incredible because I really get to have an even more depth, in-depth conversation with the speakers uh, than probably the attendees do because we're doing so much work leading up to the show. Um, and I also am arranging that schedule, that track, speaking track or panels or demos, whatever it is that we're doing on that particular year. So we spend a many months putting that together uh, and really identifying in the marketplace what is a what is a critical need to hear at AMUG what's relevant this year what will not be redundant <clears throat> what can I ensure will not be commercial we don't need a commercial uh, for you when you're an attendee you can get the sales pitches on your own time or at the um, exhibitor uh, fair when that is scheduled. So we really go painstakingly after the people that are going to give us uh, something to make us wiser, more in tune, tips and tricks, frequently asked questions, panels where we can hear people's experience. We learn best uh, from experience and evidence. Uh, so yeah, that has been extraordinary personally. I would say also professionally, it has uh, given me some great opportunities to meet some people uh, that I may not have run into, probably would not have run into on my own course. Um, not necessarily that they would become customers, but they would certainly become teachers uh, and or resources down the road. So I, I would be hard pressed to give up uh, AMUG in my week and so or in my year. And so long as they'll keep having me as track leader, certainly I will keep doing that. And yeah, the Distinguished Innovators Award, their Dino Award, there are a lot of requirements in order to receive that. It's a very humbling award to get because it is received as a result of nominations and voting by peers. So it's not who's put in the most money or is the biggest sponsor in something. Uh, it really is peer um, decided and knowing that I've, I've met the demands of that particular award 
it really is a lovely acknowledgement and one um, that I think every one of us recipients are very sweetly proud of. It isn't a pride thing, a boastful thing. I think it is a sweet appreciation uh, for our fellow industry workers. Every one of us are really colleagues in a space uh, united. For sure. I mean, and certainly well-deserved on, on your yet. And so, I mean, it's probably a little bit early to start talking about a mug, but what's kind of on your list of, uh, of interesting things to, to talk about this year? Certainly the the underlying theme is, is COVID and the pandemic, Uh, but kind of what's, what kind of bubbles up to the top for some of the the things you're interested in hearing around the industry and, and through your customer conversations? Oh gosh. I'm there's always so much more than I'm interested than I can even fit into a week. Um, I had a really good track set up this year. We had some really exciting new people, um, some of which I hope will agree to come back next year because they're no less interesting and relevant to me um, or to us. I should not ever make this about me. Um, A big one that I was very interested in was um, I had somebody coming to talk about the printing that's taking place on the International Space Station. Uh, as it relates to medical printing specifically, we know there's printers up there that are printing tools uh, on the International Space Station so that anything break, it's just a CAD transfer and they can make replacement parts. There's also some bioprinting happening up there. Um, just some really exciting things that I didn't know and in sort of my pre-interview process with the speakers, um, I was able to learn some things a little bit ahead of time. I never want spoilers. Uh, just enough to be able to write an abstract that pulls the attention of folks like you to want to come in that room and hear them. Uh, I was quite excited about that. It is my definitive wish uh, that he gives me a resounding yes to come back. Um, You know, orthopedics is always wide in medical additive manufacturing, largely because printing for bone is a really nice win for metal, for implants, and for polymers for guided surgeries, for sure. Um, We are seeing more, I mentioned earlier, with bioprinting. For the last few years, I typically have taken a poll, you know, how many are interested or involved with bioprinting, and there was really only just a smattering of hands. Up until last year, lots of hands went up. Um, So I think we're starting to draw a new audience at AMUG. Uh, Folks that want to be more involved in the additive manufacturing community or perhaps glean information from traditional additive manufacturing and how that can be transitioned to that of bioprinters and bioprinting materials. Uh, So that audience is awakening and admittedly so that is an area I'm weak in. I have not been directly involved with a company on bioprinting. And again, I mentioned that more of a tactile learner. So I am looking forward to being a student in that. And the best way that I can do that is to put them in a place where they can come in and teach us. Um, So I'm certainly excited about that. Yes, I think COVID is going to be a resounding topic. You know, there's so many companies that have been involved with COVID, whether it's a contract manufacturer or even large OEMs. We know the automotive OEMs in Detroit were heavily involved with repurposing their assets um, of their production lines to answer the call for PPE. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm in awe and admire them for the willingness to 
reallocate that spending and that equipment towards something like that. I think what we don't want to do is to make COVID, make AMUG become the COVID show. Uh, I don't think that that would be a responsible way to utilize all of the speaking slots. I think it is certainly imminent and relevant, uh, but it won't be a main focus uh, for us. And we're doing a lot of talking about that at AMUG about how we can best tend to that with recognition, learning, how to be better. Should there be a, a resurgence somewhere down the road? What did we do well? How did we respond too quickly and carelessly? What are the wins that we found? How did we stumble to get to those wins? So again, the realism of AMUG is palpable in being creating an avenue that steers us uh, towards that learning is a responsibility that we don't take lightly. So I think we will see, we'll see it, but we won't focus on it. Right, right. And kind of from where you sit, how do you kind of think about the medical space as a whole in the companies you're talking to every day? Is it is is COVID still a, a big theme or are you kind of, when people think about medical added manufacturing, there's so many different directions that they can go. It's orthopedics, it's too much in dental and bioprinting. Yeah. Is there a, is there kind of a spectrum of, of adoption for each of those different avenues or mostly big companies taking a, a, a shot at it or more? An adoption more? of additive manufacturing? Yeah. Right, right. In the medical um, space. Like how do, like when I, I always find it confusing of, okay, when we talk about medical additive manufacturing, there's so many different um, avenues to go down and, uh -huh. and how do you start to, to distill that into a, a, a central thesis or, or maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, if you're asking me, do I sense that there's a disruption as a result of COVID, I would say on one arm probably and on another arm, no. I would say from companies being willing to explore and or adopt a new unconventional technology, I would say that that adoption is continuing uh, and even continuing with rigor, right? The, the very early adopters who were using additive manufacturing, whether it be for PSI, like if you're talking patient-specific instrumentation on knees, for instance, I know that Smith & Nephew uh, came out with theirs in 2008. So they have now been 12 years with PSI knees. Uh, so that's not new. Then other companies, maybe other OEMs, whether smaller in size, uh, or not, have some years of experience by others that they can kind of follow in almost as predicate uh, device or on the coattails of others being more willing to have an appetite for change or innovation, where others might still remain a little bit risk averse, that they don't want to explore that yet until there's more approved devices or more evidence to the success of using additive manufacturing. There are plenty of white papers to support the use of additive manufacturing. In that same vein, there are papers that would contest um, the value of patient-specific instrumentation. So it's reading, it's measuring, it is, again, your desire to be disruptive uh, with enabling technologies to aid the surgeon population and having worked with surgeons over the years, not every surgeon is interested in an enabling technology. Maybe they are opposed uh, to additive manufacturing. Maybe they're opposed to navigation 
in the OR. They trust their eyes and their hands implicitly. And that's a great surgeon to have. Not every one of them wants to yield towards innovation. And the OEMs uh, continue to appeal to the masses. One is not just like your knee is not like mine. Dr. Jones is not like Dr. Smith. Right. Everybody is individually educated, individually capable and individually experienced, uh, all with their great and sharp wins, each their own. Now, as COVID has been happening, what have I been seeing in medicine um, from my own customer base? Some are slowing, some are motoring along. You know, there is a difference in the population response to medicine. Some are fearful to receive medical care. They don't want to go to the doctor. So if they have um, an injury or pain, maybe they're withholding from going to the doctor yet where they know that they're bone on bone in their hip, but they're going to ride it out a little bit longer for fear of entering into a medical arena. Or for a time, elective surgeries were not taking place uh, in an effort to keep people out of hospital systems who were not um, either critical or presenting with uh, COVID indications. So I think naturally everybody has had some impact one way or another, but I would not say that I have seen it curb the determination, product development, innovation, ideology that's happening at the OEM level. And thankfully so, because we all could end up on the table in need of surgery that would be impacted by additive manufacturing uh, at one day. Absolutely. And from the conversations you're having with customers and folks you're working with, or even other people in the industry, what's your sense in terms of the most common stumbling blocks that new adopters to the technology are having? Um, Is it understanding how it works? Is it materials is a qualification is Mm -hmm. it what's what's my buy versus outsource calculation where where do you see the some of the big challenges yeah i would say two things are resoundingly blatant one being price uh cost of entry into additive manufacturing is not pocket change uh and also um workforce development can be a challenge, right? We, it, it's growing widely as we can see by increased attendance at additive uh, manufacturing industry shows, uh, but the amount of people that are, or the gene pool of people that are equipped and experienced to come in and select an additive piece of equipment, do the operational setup within an existing facility, Uh, interpret CAD, design support structures, run the machines, build the parts, get the parts out, finish them appropriately, and have them ready to deliver. Uh, There's not an extraordinary number of people capable of doing that very task. So you really are either going out and poaching from somebody else, finding uh, somebody who is maybe interested in a change uh, and pulling them into your organization, but we're not yet pulling college grads out that are fully capable of that. No, I think that's changing. I I certainly see more activity at the university level of including advanced manufacturing studies uh, within an engineering curriculum, but that is is growing. That's going to take some time to develop. It's going to take the universities 
um, acquiring capital equipment so these students can get their hands on the machine uh, and really understand what the outcome is based on what choices they make on setup, uh, which, is a, which is a learning curve, right? You and I have been around equipment long enough. We know that first pass yield in parts, not so good. <laughs> You're gonna enjoy some, uh, some failures along the way, but those are teaching failures. Those are just steps to the top uh, that make us a little bit better. So I think those are the two big things uh, to bring a new customer into the adoption of additive price and, and workforce. And reflecting on your own career, how, how would you, what piece of advice would you give people just starting out in the additive ecosystem? Align yourself with people who know. Uh, it was never um, beyond me to sit back in the shop and just watch and learn and ask a thousand questions. And you know what people like to talk about the most? themselves and what they know. So I always found when I would go back in the shop, they were thrilled uh, with my hunger to learn. And again, I was watching, I was speaking to the person who was doing it. And often they would share tidbits with me about tricks uh, that they would have or, or stumbles that they had had and how they remedied those. Uh, so I would just say, make sure you're aligning with people. Study online. I, I watch more videos and read more articles, uh, but there is really nothing more sweet than human interaction where you can have a volley because certainly I can read an article and I can have questions as I'm going through it and I have nobody to ask. Uh, if you're going back in the shop or you're sitting next to an engineer on their computer as they're designing and you have questions along the way, you have the opportunity for a volley of conversation uh, that can really lend towards your own successes, maybe not that day, but certainly one day. Absolutely. So um, as we wrap up here, I want to thank you for your time today. And um, we'll certainly post links to your website, layeredmanufacturingandconsulting.com. Um, but as we end, um, anything else you want to share with the audience of their links or things that you're uh, excited about and, and want to share? Mm. Well, I, I, not, no links in particular, but I am eager to continue on the learning spectrum. I'm ready for us to be back together uh, at shows where we're learning more about each other, about each other's skill sets, uh, about what's new and coming in the marketplace as well. Uh, and certainly I'm always open for discussions uh, should your listeners be interested to learn more about layered manufacturing or myself or just have some good hearty conversation on additive. Uh, that is certainly a welcome one for me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shannon. Thanks, Mike. You have yourself a terrific day. And thanks again for investing some time in me.